Hey guys, it's Hampton from the More More Podcast. I just talked to Ben Wolverton, one of my best friends. Uh, we talked about what it's like to be a famous musician. We talked about what Ben wants in a woman, uh, and most importantly, the pros and cons of Taco Bell fire sauce. Uh, you guys should check it out. Thanks. I'm here with Ben Wolverton. Ben, Hello, how the friends. heck are you? <laughs> so good. What a day. What a day. We've already recorded this one once, and there were audio issues, so we're going to record it they again. Say. But I was just <laughs> trash that day. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I've also been told not to fidget with the table. So if you hear something and then you hear Caleb yell at me, it's because I started fidgeting with my yeah. <coughs> cup of green tea. So no fidgeting. No fidgeting. No sniffing. No sniffing. That's definitely not going to happen. Don't be sick. Um, um, what else? We're going to talk today about Europe because I was just there and you grew up there. We're going to talk about art and the, the church and what mm. that's like. But we're also going to yeah. talk about singleness. So if you're yes. listening right now and you think, I don't know if I want to get to the end of this one, just know Hampton and Ben are going to educate you <laughs> on singleness. Because as 20-something-year-olds, we have now become the token <laughs> people to talk about singleness. Ben, you're what, 21? I'm 22. 22. Give me the year. Give me Jeez, the year. my bad, dude. 22 and 23. You're like, what, 26? 23. <laughs> and we're we're experts on singleness already, so this is uh, it's gonna be gonna be Prepare rough. Prepare yourselves for the enlightenment. Ben, you grew up in Europe. Uh, yes. First of all, tell us who you are at Shandon, okay, yeah. who you are, and then tell us about growing up in Europe. Yeah. All right. So obviously, my name is Ben. Um, right. At Shandon, um, I went to USC. Um, I was a business major, business marketing and management, which right. seems to be the token two. Um, at good old Darla Moore Business School. Um, did that. I actually graduated a year early, so I graduated three years. You're so smart, dude. I'm not. You're so um, smart. Says the guy that got done in, like, what, two and a half years? Uh, something like that. Um, yeah. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, t- get off. <coughs> and so... Oh, I'm dying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so um, was at USC, got plugged into Shannon through the college ministry there, um, started serving with worship staff, um, both on Sunday mornings and for our Thursday night right. gatherings. And then when I graduated this past May, came on staff full time at Shannon to do right. creative art stuff. So like video, photo production, graphic design, whatever. Right. Um, and then still help out with the college ministry, serving there with... Um, Worship-related things, and then also um, helping lead the um, Sunday school class for Greeks, whom we love and adore. Um, And if you're not Greek, Greek, not from Greece, yes, correct. Yeah, how's that going? Awesome! It has been amazing. I am learning so much, um, and it's just like a huge need and a massive, like, um, overwhelming kind of challenge to look at how many. Greeks there are at USC and how yeah. little they're being poured into, but it's really, really awesome because where there's That's this good. massive opportunity, you have massive wins. That's good. Um, so it's so, great. So tell me about growing up in Europe. I just, for those listeners who don't know, I just spent a week uh, on vacation in Europe and I have some thoughts, but Ben, you spent mm-hmm. years there. So mm-hmm. tell us about what it was like to grow up in Europe and the differences you've seen yeah. uh, from being in America. Um yeah, so I moved to the Netherlands, my family and I, not just not just little Ben, um, <laughs> but my family and I moved to the Netherlands um, after my third grade year, um, and we were there for about four to five years, um, wow. and we were for half the time in a very small traditional Dutch town called okay. Hilo, um, and that was- Hilo? Like, Hilo. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Highs <laughs> and lows. Um 
That's a great segue, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other half of the time, we were in a bigger city called Alkmaar. Yeah. And that was, they called it like a mini Amsterdam. Like it was oh, a wow. big, big city. Um, and it was um, about 30 minutes from actual Amsterdam. Okay. Um, but yeah, high, low. That's a great transition. So yeah. how I would describe our time in Europe, it was amazing. Yeah. And like one of the most cool, like, earth-shatteringly awesome things as a third grader to move overseas and just have these crazy experiences and like right. I would not trade it for the world but it also was like one of the most difficult times I've ever had as a kid like yeah I mean I grew up in Greenville South Carolina all my mm-hmm. family was there all my extended family was there um, and so you leave your friends and family and you just you know, go to a new country where you don't know the language and you walk into class to a traditional Dutch school. We um, did an international school later on because my little sister was losing her English. But in the (laughs) beginning, we went to a straight up just Dutch school. And, you know, you walk in and you don't know how to speak to kids. They don't know English at this point. So you're just sitting there like praying that you can somehow communicate (laughs) and like, you know, Kids are laughing in the corner. You don't know, okay, are they laughing just for fun? Are they laughing at me because I'm now the token fat American? You know. <laughs> um, so it's just like a, it, it was a wild, wild transition. Um, but yeah, wouldn't, I mean, change it for the world. It was crazy. Um, yeah, what are some of the biggest differences? So on, on my vacation, like touring the European countries, yeah. I have some of the similarities were everybody from where they were from, they were really proud to be from there. So like oh, yeah. proud to be French, proud to be Spanish, proud yeah. to be Italian in the same way that we would say we're proud to be American. Yeah. But there's some big differences. So I want to see before I get started on the ones I saw, if you have any that match up with mine, what are the biggest difference between the average European and the average American oh, that you've man. seen? So I'm, I'm going to second that. I think everybody is extremely proud to be in the country where they are from. Right. And I think, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. And obviously they've had ridiculous amounts of uh, trials right. throughout the years and, you know, having to kind of hold on to where they're from. Yeah. Um, but also that can, <laughs> that can lend itself to some other, like, uh, thoughts on America. So, like, right. um, like, for instance, my third grade teacher was, you know, telling us that George W. Bush probably paid for and caused 9-11. Oh, dear. And as a little kid, you're oh, just dear. like, what? Third grade? Third or fourth grade, yeah. Oh, my god! And you're just like, I don't... <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I don't know much as an 11-year-old, but I'm pretty sure that, like, this would have been known, you know, yeah. by this point. Wow. Uh, so, I've heard some Americans, like, some wild, like, crazy Americans say some stuff like that, but never... Wow, yeah. I didn't know it was like yeah. a... Taught in schools in taught Europe. In schools. Um, so there, but so there's a definite um, pride that comes from where they're from. And right. but I will say, like they have community down. Like in yeah. our small town, like where we were, like I mean, everybody knew everybody. Right. And like your doors were unlocked, your shades were up in your home. Like if you had your shades down right. in your windows, that was seen as rude. Like oh, everybody wow. is living with everybody's space. Like yeah. you're kind of all in each other's backyards and like as a kid like I would go on my bike and go to the movie theater with friends like 20 minute bike ride away by myself and like in the moment it was normal because that's what everybody did but now I see that from like my parents perspective coming from the U.S. and like going there and like 
okay, I guess we're just going to let our kid like roam free. Like that would be terrifying as a parent. Like there's no way I'd let my kid do that (laughs) now. Uh, But yeah, but with that community that they all have, like, I mean, it is like, yeah, you feel safe. Everybody knows everybody. Crime is ridiculously low. It's a very, um, it's a really cool way of doing life. Yeah. That's something I saw in Europe was the community aspect. I, on the cruise ship that we were on, we ran into some Croatians and they're all smoking cigarettes. So yeah. like all the European adults that we saw and most yes. of the kids, they're like, yes. they smoke cigarettes. Oh yeah, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm talking to these people and they're, he asked me like, what do they, uh, what do they think about smoking in America? Cause yeah. they had heard that it was like a big deal. Yeah. They are like, yeah, most people I know don't smoke. You'd be in the minority if you mm. smoked in America. And he said, well, in Croatia, everyone smokes. He said, but how many fast food restaurants do you have? Uh, yes. Within 10 miles yep. of where you live. I said, probably 100. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he said, well, we have one in all of our town. Mm. Um, and it's going out of business. He said, but it's because. It's because it's not Chick-fil-A. We, and we do community. So, like, right. we, we eat our meals together. And we, uh, we go fishing three times a week to have yeah. fish. And we have yeah. the whole village has meals sometimes. Yeah. He was like, so you, you can eat McDonald's twice a day or Chick-fil-A, whatever, right? Yeah. But uh, you won't smoke a cigarette. He was like, right. maybe that's why you're dying yeah. is what he said. It was pretty dramatic. Which, fun fact, processed meats just got rated like a class one carcinogen. Yeah. Well, nice. I don't know if that'll six. stop me. I don't know if that'll stop me. <laughs> I knew uh, that is a barrier to my <laughs> to my end goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, back on the track. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally. Yeah, I mean, it is a it is a different way of doing life, and I mean, there are things that we have our vices, they have theirs. So, like a big example is like a very easy thing is driving yeah. over in the states, right? Like you drive like before you're you know five feet tall here, essentially. And yeah. I mean, I could drive by myself at 15 and a half. Yeah. And over there, um, in some countries it differs, but in where we were, I mean, it was, you were 18. Yeah. And it cost several thousand dollars to take the class oh, that wow. you need to do to then drive. And then you need to pay an instructor to sit with you for the hours you need to log before you can get your, wow. uh, before you can get your license. And then after that, you then have to pay another couple thousand dollars to take the test, and they usually almost always fail you the first time. So you then have to do that again. Wow. And that's like a huge difference. But that, again, is why there is this weird roam-free freedom because, like, nobody drives, and, like, you kind of need to all bum off each other, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you this. The drivers that I saw over there, and this is not to hate on any Europeans at all, but, man— Dude, it's like For traffic real? laws don't apply yeah. to you people. I was why the uh, the Italian driver that we had was like, we we're like, how do you? There was no lines on the yeah. road, but there was like three wide. And we we're like, dude, how do you know what lane you're in? He goes, if it's open, you go. That's hey, what he said. I was like, preach. That seems that seems deadly. Um, well, Were there scooters there? Were there a lot of? Oh yeah, the, like that, okay. everybody, That's, like half the car shops. I would love shops. for that no, crossover to happen. No, like, thank you. where are the classy Vespas in? In the States, you know, like, where's, like, where are the cool people on the scooters? Like, here it's, like, you're either on a college campus or, like, yeah. you've had Bro one pens, too many they call us, yeah. like Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, they, uh, half the, like, uh, car sh- car shops that we saw were just, like, strictly moped yep. repair shops. I was yep. like, this can't be, it's like, classy, a lucrative man. business. But, yeah, they, they were rocking them. Everybody's on mopeds. Yeah. Well, let's transition to talking about uh, music. Europe was fun. Europeans yeah. are kind of rude, but they thought we were rude, so I guess it balanced out a little bit. Um, you make great music, so if you haven't checked Ben out on Spotify, you need to do that right now. Uh, Breathe is out. 
Lamb of God is out. Uh, what else? Yes, sir. All um, of, I mean, Eden is out. Like you need to go go to his Spotify page and just start clicking around and see what you see. Uh, ben, what's the secret of making really good music as a Christian? So man, confession. Yeah. I won't talk a lot, but confession. Yeah, confess. Most Christian music, not really my thing. It's yeah. cheesy. We're going to talk about this in a minute, yeah. but what's the secret to making really good Christian music? Um, that's a really good question, and I think you should tell me the answer because I would love to know. <laughs> um, no, I think it's um, a good mix of obviously something that you're passionate about and then how you mix in the gospel with that. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think it's different if you're doing music that's Christian versus worship music. Yeah. Because I think that's a very like hard line um, where I do a little bit more music that's Christian rather than yeah. like straight up congregational stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think you need to just be like, uh, like you need to a do it with other people so that yeah. your like actual theology is correct as well. Yeah. Which is a big thing. I think, I so think do you write a ton with other people? Um, a good bit with other people. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think the most fun cause you get different ideas going and stuff like that. And, yeah. and I think, um, I think you need to learn how to be unique and creative and not just do what everybody else has already done. Yeah. So like my easy, like fires and floods, man. Yeah. Every, I feel like all cheesy songs and there are some that are amazing, <laughs> man, there's a fire and there's a flood and that's awesome. Sometimes like, both. Sometimes yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're drowning. Now we're not like there's a fire and like, we can't contain sometimes it. Sometimes it's God's fire. Sometimes right. It's sometimes fire it's our fire. Us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm guilty of that. Like I've done it. And, yeah. but I think where there comes this little special nugget of fun is yeah. when you can figure out how to communicate those same principles and those same beliefs in a new way. Yeah. And one way that I love how to do this is I love talking from the perspective of other people, like putting myself in their shoes. Yeah. Um, like the song Eden you referenced is from the perspective of God. And like, that's a very like a scary thing to do because like you want to hold it. Can't get that one yeah, wrong. You want to yeah. hold an extreme reverence there. Yeah. Like, please strike me. Like if this is not valid. Um, and so, but yeah, I love like being able to write from other perspectives because I know that mine is so limited yeah. and, um, and I think it's really cool, but yeah, it's like, how do you communicate in the most unique way in the most creative way I mean David did this in the Psalms like yeah I mean there's hundreds of Psalms and it's not just David there's obviously other Psalmists but like they're they use the same vibes but they're not really that repetitive you yeah know? and he's always changing his like he's Structure, writing about what he's feeling so right. yes his structure is different but it's also like he's when he's lamenting he's yeah. really really honest and right. when he's celebrating he's yeah. really really honest and so yeah. One thing I love about like even the song "Breathe" that you have, um, you're saying "Make me a new man." Like yeah. that's a really honest thing to. Yeah. I mean, that's a confession of yeah. I'm not the person that I want to yeah. be, yeah. and it's going to take an act of God yeah. to change me. How do you write really honestly? Yeah, uh, because a lot of Christian music, I feel like, like you said, it's kind of stock. Like yes. we have the same four chords, and really, uh, unless there's scripture in it, we're going to talk about the same subjects. Yeah. Um, how do you write honestly and not make it? And corny is a bad word, but how do yeah. you how do you write honestly and well, but not make it cheesy? How do you? Because yeah. you do you do that. So that well, I'm you. asking you, okay. yeah, um, yeah. I think I don't want to repeat you here, but writing honestly, you have to write honestly, which sounds stupid. Yeah, but it's like you are you are living this life. You are in mm, this situation. How are you going to write yourself through this in this with this? situation that you are in so it's like it's figuring out and like and that's why 
again, going back to the Psalms, like they're very like happy songs and they're very sad Psalms and like yeah. very like angry Psalms. And, and I've experienced this, like you're in a situation and you have to, like for me, one of the best ways of detoxing or just kind of talking to God even is really that relationship is just like writing and figuring out a way to use that situation that I'm in right. to write through that and talk to God. And, and it's, a very, it's a very prayerful thing. Mm. Yeah. And I think when, and I think that's the danger of the formula. Yeah. Because worship is a praise, but b it's communicating with God. Yeah. And so when you create this formula, like if I only talk to you uh, the same way every day, so Hampton and I work together. If I said the same thing to you every morning when you walked in, yeah. And then in every like at 11 p.m. then said the same thing every day. 1 p.m. said <laughs> right. the same thing to you every day. And then 5 o'clock we leave. So like, that's awesome that you're making an effort, but like in terms of this relationship, not like, building. Yeah, that's yeah. not building it, and nor is it really a two-way street because yeah. it's not giving you any wiggle room either. Yeah. So I think you really have to just be honest but like, and be open to be honest. Yeah. Which sounds really repetitive. No, I get that. So one thing I struggle with, um, you know, you write music, I write. Yeah, you write too. So yeah, what, do you, write, what do you do? Yeah, so for me, the biggest struggle is um, I write, you know, it's different because I'm writing, I right. write poetry or like fiction and I'm writing honestly, but I have to reflect the character. And a lot of times honest characters are not holy characters. No. And so I'm trying to write. Um, a majority of the time. Right. And so like to avoid the Christian tropes of like, the the great you know warrior spirit yeah. man that can do no wrong versus yeah. the the honest man who is yeah. sinful by nature which we all are yeah. and is working towards holiness but not there like how do I write characters that have relationship issues and have mm-hmm. struggles and and so one thing I wanted to ask you was how do you write honestly because we we're gonna say honest probably a hundred more times but yeah. how do you write honestly and maintain an air of holiness. So like yeah. for me, when I write a character, uh, I wrote something recently where I was writing this character who is mm-hmm. violent. I mean, he's an incredibly violent character, but I'm using it to, it's a fiction. So I'm not, I don't feel too bad about it, right. but there's a certain aspect of like, I, if I display a ton of violence, I don't know that that contributes to a thing. Um, but the character would, it would be honest to who yeah. I'm writing. And yeah. so for me, it just becomes a little bit of a struggle. I'm sure you've run into that. I mean, yeah. we can talk about this too, but one of, one of our worship, Bands, right? The, yeah, the I was gonna go there. Okay, good. I'll let you go there then. Okay. <laughs> so I think there's a reverence there in the fact that we are called to be holy as Christians. And yeah. so we are called to be set apart in how we do things and how we handle situations, yeah. and whether that's a character in a story or a lyric yeah. in a song. Um and I, and it's it's hard. Yeah. Um, because we do have this flesh part of us that naturally wants to go there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we should. And I think there is more legitimacy and creativity that is, um, different and still true to the gospel and who God calls us to be. Right. And so I was going to, what you were about to say, (laughs) what I was also going to say is there is a great example of this worship group that most people know. And like, they just, nonchalantly drop the F-bomb in one of their songs. Right. And Are we not mentioning names because of that? 
Uh, I don't care. Well, it's King's Kaleidoscope. Yeah, so King's Kaleidoscope. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. the guy that drops the name. King's Kaleidoscope just drops the F-bomb. Right? They, and they right. have been known for writing these honest, right. like, raw songs. Right. But then there's a step further and than that. And then you cross this point to where yeah. they're, okay, it might be honest. Yeah. But how are you being holy in how you're dealing with this? How right. are you being set apart? Right. From how the world would do this yeah. versus how we're supposed to do this. And to me, if you listen to the song, I think it's just a lack of creativity. I think yeah. a majority of language specific things are a lack of creativity. Right. It's a cheap laugh. It's a cheap wow factor. Like, hey, look at right. this song. We Like, I never listened to them, but I listened to that song because I heard it had the F-bomb in it. Yeah. Like, marketing, <laughs> marketing genius, yeah. A, but B, I don't think... That's really like yeah. a character that God's like. Well, they didn't have yes, to use that please word. Please repeat that for sure. You know, and and I something I think through about again just when I write is like again fiction is different from music because right. music is usually reflecting your own thoughts, whereas Correct. fiction is going to reflect. You're a, kind of putting ca- yourself in this. Yeah, I'm painting a character, and the character may think nothing right. like me, and that may be the point, right? Um, but even like, there's something to be said for a very descriptive. Uh, love scene or a very descriptive violence scene yeah. that's going to tell you everything versus being able to write well enough yeah. to where I write so well that the suspense means more. The best horror right. stories are not the violent stories. They're the stories that leave you Freaking. terrified of whatever's behind yes. the door or whatever's yes. and behind the And nothing happens. Right. And it's so, like paranormal activity. Yes. Nothing, nothing really happens. happens. Right. But I'm there shaking for two right. hours. And, it's, and I would assume that it's the same in, in music whereas like if I can make you feel right. a certain way, then, then I've done my right. job because that's how I feel, right? right. Um, well, man, this is the question we've all been waiting for. Hearing you talk about music and seeing you, uh, we're friends, so I just, I don't understand why Ben Wolverton is single. I mean, the guy has music out, and I'm sure everyone's wondering why Hampton's single, but more so. I mean, you, I'm more so wondering why <laughs> Hampy is single. You got the... <laughs> That's probably why when they hear people call me that. Um, no, you've got these long flowing locks. Oh, you've got the tattoos. Man. You've got the the guitar and the voice. Oh. Why is Ben Wolverton single? Maybe we don't want to start on why, but I'm gonna uh, act like it's a choice. You know? Oh like yeah, it's, it's a very conscious decision. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, but uh, seriously, man, you got to answer. Why are you single? And oh, I can talk man. about me too, but I want you to go first, man. I, oh man, <laughs> good grief! You're just gonna hit me with that. <laughs> In the words of my mother, I think it's all about time. Oh yeah, quote your mother yeah. when you talk about why you're single. I think Susan. that'll be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I love my mom; she's the best. Um, you're not gonna be single after this podcast. I promise I you. When this thing drops, they're gonna be flocking. <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> Could, could go running. Um, no, I really, and we'll talk about this. I think that time is such a huge part of a relationship, yep. obviously. And, Absolutely. Um, if there is one thing that I equate with a relationship that is separate from that other person, it is time. Um, it is so much time to do diligence and do a relationship well. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think if you're not spending time with your significant other yeah. or your spouse, your dating yeah. friend or whatever, your dating friend. Um, your dating yeah, friend. Yeah, your dating friend. My buddy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's not good. Um, but yeah, if you're not spending time there, then I think that's you should probably evaluate. Um, yeah. But in this season of life that I'm in, time is like 
hard to come by. Absolutely. I feel like there are not enough hours in the day. Um, yeah. And just the amount of things going on, like I, I joke around like that I couldn't even date if I wanted to. Granted, yeah. you know, if the right person comes <laughs> along, we can we can scratch some things off the calendar. Um, <laughs> but it is a it is a very time sensitive thing. Yeah. Um, so with that, you're a single male. <laughs> why are you, why is Hampton single? Oh man, I have all the time in the world. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm man. To be honest, I'm so glad you asked me this. Uh, I was hoping you wouldn't. Um, no, I'm single. To be honest, and this yeah. is like gonna sound like I'm trying to be the holiest person in the room but I'm never that usually so um I'm single because I'm a sinner like I um I went through a period of a relationship that um turned out not to be super healthy for I think either of us and I had to come to understand some things about myself that I had put on the back burner and being young I mean we we already mentioned our ages but we're it's not like we're past our prime or anything right but we I hope um, not I was Yeah, when I was in this relationship, I was just, I wasn't just young, but I was acting young. Like I was, I was not willing to see red flags on either side of the aisle. Um, I was not willing to put up barriers and boundaries. Mm. And I had to come to terms with myself and say, okay, this is where you like are not good Mm -hmm. at being in a relationship. And if you don't fix this, like you're going to bring this to a marriage, Lord willing. Um, And so, man, I have plenty of time. I have, I have, this is. Never mind, I'm not gonna say that. I, I have enough funds to do dates, right? Like I I'm I would be able to date, yeah. but really the the biggest blockage for me is like I gotta learn to exercise wisdom and to yeah. exercise um, grace and mercy. Yeah. And I've I've made leaps and bounds since then and I don't think I'll ever be there, right? I'll yeah. probably be fifty years into a marriage wishing I was wiser, wishing yeah. I was exercising more grace. Yeah. Um, but I really had to click the reset button for myself and figure out how to do life alone. Yeah. I mean, Paul talks about, you know, if any of you can remain this way, you should. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can forever, um, but I needed to learn how to do that first um, and come to terms with Jesus as my sole source of, I don't know, affection. So, Well, I mean, what I've realized is like, you know, things go poorly with someone and then you, you know, a month passes and you're like, ah, maybe I'm different this time. And it's like, if you haven't really worked on it, (laughs) then you're an idiot to think that like, you're just going to magically change. Yeah. And I I think part of the problem is every time a young person, especially Christians, and I love, I'm a Christian and I love Christians, right? I love the church, but young Christians, especially view singleness as a time to look for dates or a time to look for partners instead of a time to solely focus on yeah. what God is doing. And I was I'm I am guilty of yeah. that. Like, you know, I'm guilty of of automatically seeing a person thinking, "Oh, I wonder what, you know, yeah. I, I wonder if she's nice Hello. enough to wonder if she's patient. Like, <laughs> what do we right? Instead of saying, "Do you love Jesus?" Yeah, like yeah. and that's the question we always ask. Like, yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. Something I've had to learn and I'm going to ask you what you've learned mm. is Singleness is a time for me. Yeah, it's not a time for me to look for yeah. her. Right, it's a time for me to be. Right, I don't want to say self-centered because that's not the right word, no. but to allow the Lord to work on me yeah. and to be totally focused on what He's doing. Self-focused. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, what have you learned through singleness? Because you've been single yeah. for a minute. Um, I've been single for longer. That's not a shot. <laughs> he, he smiled like it was a shot. For those of you listening, <laughs> I was laughing. Um, it was not across the bow. I promise. No. Uh, what have you learned in this yeah. season of your life? Um, 
I think, yeah, that self-focus, um, I'll bounce off that and then I'll bounce yeah. further. I think, I'm sure a lot of us have heard this, but in that time, kind of focusing on yourself to become the person that you would want your eventual spouse to marry. Right. So like, I don't want my future wife to marry like a turd, right? Because <laughs> like, that would be me. So like, why, like, how am right. I going to like, A, through God change the way I am and love the way Jesus yeah. has loved us as the church, as yeah. the bride. And that is such a great example of how to do that. And this is such a great yeah. time to focus on how to then kind of yeah. step into that and to love well and to lead well and to yeah, kind of that's good. lean on God. And then I think another thing that I've learned is that singleness is not a punishment. Yeah. And um, I like, I guess yeah, that's really good. Freshman year, probably. I mean, there was a there was a span there that um, you know I didn't date anybody for a while, and all of my I won't say all a majority of my friends who are Christian, yeah, were like, you know, this is just God telling you that you need to lean on Him more, and that this is you know, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. this is as soon as you are fully reliant on God then he will bring this perfect person. Or yeah, that seems as, to be like the, the go-to yeah, saying. Yeah, as for, soon as you are perfect by yeah. yourself, then God will bring along this person, yeah. which, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salvation. Caleb. Our just, producer Caleb yeah. coming in with a hot take. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is wrong because... A, that is not biblical whatsoever. Yeah. It's not no. like God is not a punishing God. And B, um, why would he make me change to be complete by myself and then break me viciously apart by then bringing in someone else and be going, <laughs> no, just kidding. You got to do it this way now. And I think that's yeah. not – and like we were not made to be alone. Like. Right. Day six of creation, baby. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. we, man is not meant to be alone. Woman is not meant yeah. to be alone. Like, and it is not like this, yeah, punishment thing that's like, uh, you know, you should probably take a couple years off dating, set yeah. a hard deadline because you are not ready. Oh, yeah, you I've know? done the hard deadline of yeah. like, I'm doing a dating fast and then all of a sudden. Dating fast. That's what three, we call singleness. Three, yeah. I'm intentionally <laughs> doing this world. Look at me, please. Give me the glory. Yeah, and I've done it like I'll set a date. And I'd be like, God, look, this is this is what I mean. Hey, yeah, she needs to show up on Thanksgiving of 2015, right. and I need to know her name ahead of time. But Please. if she comes earlier, it's like God just whispered in my ear, "This is the time to yeah. end it." You know, the Lord released me from my <laughs> my <burden>. chains. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think too, like, I'm so glad you said that about being complete because it's like because we're going to talk about this later but we can get into it now is like the way the church views singleness a lot of times is yeah. like you're not a whole person correct like you don't yeah. you don't fit here like you once you're married right and and there's a crazy there's a spiritual thing that happens in marriage right where right. two become one right but it's two whole people mm-hmm. becoming a whole covenant relationship it's not Two halves becoming one whole (laughs) person. That's not like that's not the uniting that's happening. And I always think like Paul never got married, and we're we're saying first of all, Paul would never say he was perfect. He's the chief of sinners, but also we're gonna say that Paul is like somehow lesser than. Right. It's just Paul cannot be a pastor in today's world. Wow, I'm glad you said it and not me. That, but yeah, right. No, that's good. I I appreciated it. No, so where do you think and. We could talk more yeah. about what we learned. We're going to talk about this for a while, I feel like. But 
where does the single person, in your opinion, again, we're young idiot kids who... We're children. Yeah, we don't know, right? But where does the single uh, Christian, especially the young single Christian, where do we fit in the church's life? What do, mm-hmm. Where do we fit in the life of the yeah. church? Um, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I think, A, it's use that time that we talked about that you would be dedicating to someone else yeah. and use that for the church. Yeah. Like, serve your butt off. Like, yeah. there is nothing more fulfilling than glorifying God through serving His people. Yeah. And so I think this stage that we are in is one of the yeah. best times to do that because right. we are called to love the church and this is such a tangible way to do yeah. that. Like, okay, I have time. My nights are free. Granted, like, I'm <laughs> yeah. still in school and whatever, but like, um, yeah, like serve the church and and kind of like build this community yeah. and this, uh, what's the word? Like this uh, expectation yeah. that that's kind of what you do. Right. And yeah, I and I'll just I'll just say this hot take. Yeah, stop reading books about how to find the person Oof. you're gonna marry, and go live the life that you are supposed to live. Yeah, like I have learned more in the past six months of growth about oh, I do have more money, more time, less attachments, less thing. I'm gonna go wherever, yeah. whenever, yeah. and like. I'm able to up and move for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. I'm able to use that. meet with people four yeah. and five times a week, either for discipleship or for evangelism. Like yeah. I'm able to do those things because yeah. I don't have commitments. Yeah. And so like it's it's shocking when I read in the scriptures, like, yeah, there are people like Peter and John who probably were married based on what we know, right? Yeah. But then there's people like Paul and Stephen and Philip who we don't think were, and it's like they went wherever yeah. all the time because they were following Jesus. And so it's like, man, don't. why are you spending your nights eating pints of ice cream or if you're a dude watching Netflix and loathing the fact that you're single watching One Tree Hill instead of – and I like One Tree Hill. Yeah. That's not a shot either. And but, ice cream. Yeah, and ice cream. <laughs> but like get off your behind yeah. and you're yeah, a whole think, person. Yeah, you're think, you're, re- you're yeah. here, right? There, there will never be a more perfect time right. than now – to radically shift your life towards the gospel. Wow, that's good. And yes, you can still do that when you're married. Because right. I think there's also this thing is as soon as you're married now, you're, you're locked settled. In. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we would move or we would do this, we would, but you know, we're married now. And it's like, oh, okay. So like God doesn't, you know, yeah. so there's that too. But I think if like use yeah, your you life that too. That's good. so strategically for the advancement of the gospel mm. because Sweet. you're not guaranteed that like your time will always look like this. You're not yeah. guaranteed that like, I don't even have a dog. Like there is nothing <laughs> that breathes right. that is attached to my name. Yeah. There's nothing that I have to take care of. Like right. I rent a home. I can stop that right now. Like yeah. there is no attachment. So like to me, yeah, that is very much a clear open door of God saying, yeah, freaking do something. Yeah. That's so good. And I mean, I'm convinced it's spiritual warfare. Like what a lie for the enemy to plant for single people. Amen. That, oh, you need to be married before you can do anything. And then the reverse is to tell married people, oh, you're locked down. You can't do anything. You're settled. Yeah. The enemy has done his job if he can convince both sides that they're too attached or too unattached to do something. It's like, 
man, I think Jesus is just saying, follow me and yeah. not worrying about too much about and our marital status. There is an intimacy that you will find yeah. with Christ when you trust him yeah. in these moments where you go, okay, this is kind of crazy. And I know this doesn't really make sense, right. but I am going to go ahead and take this leap of faith. There's an intimacy that you will find that is extremely um, like heart filling. Yeah, that's good. To where there have been moments where I'm like, man, I am so, I'm legitimately glad right. for this stage of singleness. And I hate yeah. using that word just because it's whatever. But like for this season, I'm so glad because I would have not grown closer to Christ in yeah. this way. And in holiness, like, yeah, if I, I don't want to bring holiness issues into a marriage. I brought holiness issues into relationships, and that's yeah. why they failed. Like, right. my last relationship failed. I'm not going to put her on the hook. Like, it failed because my holiness, yeah. right? And yeah. it failed. And the, you know, the many relationships or whatever you want to call them after that failed right. because of me, like my yeah. holiness. Yeah. And so, um, man, what an opportunity to first live out the, the yeah. call of God to make disciples, but also to live out holiness yeah. and, and plug uh, and truth. Go do it. If you're single right now, go do something. Yeah. Turn this podcast off. Yeah, turn it off. You're <laughs> not going to be listening to this. <laughs> Work on yourself. Grow yeah. in your relationship with Christ. Move. Go do something. Go make friends. Go pour into yeah. people. Like, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, singleness is not, just so we define the word, because we've yeah. said singleness a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Singleness is not... Um, like I'm talking to four different people and going on dates. Yes. We're talking about like if you are not dating, right? First of all, it's not a bad thing to go on dates. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying like singleness means I'm not married. I'm not engaged. I'm not in a committed relationship. Um, and Christian singleness, I would say, is using that time to do. Right. Like I know Christians right. that are single that are not living out a Christian singleness. Right. Um, as Paul would talk about, they're living something else. And right. I don't even know what I'd call it, but... Um, I've been there, done it, got yeah. the t-shirt. So, yeah. um, well, man, I think, are we all out of questions? Like, what do we, I don't know. I forgot what, what we ended on. Um, <laughs> something I did want to ask you is, and this is, I'm so glad we're going here. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm um, shaking I, in my chair. Well, preface. All right. It is different, and you know this, it's different in the church for men being single. And I think women have it harder in a lot of ways being single, right? Yeah. Um, but men are kind of expected to like, you know, either do all the work or do nothing. And women are expected to like doll themselves up every chance they get. And um, and so I'm, I guess I'm wondering first, what is single Ben Wolverton looking for in a woman? And then second, yeah, we're going there, man. I'm so excited. And then second, um, second, what do you what do you have to say to? Because uh, we can't speak to women, we can only tell them like. What do you think men should be? So if the woman that's going to find Ben Wolverton one day, what do you want her to be looking for? Um, and who can mm. men be uh, moving forward? And then I'll let you off the hook oh, on this man. conversation. Right, but so what does Ben want in a woman? That's what I want to know. That's what our listeners are dying to hear. She, I, we've gotten <laughs> questions and emails about this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a lie. Yeah, this, that's uh, true. <laughs> that, is, that is a lie. Um, no, I mean, I don't even know how to start this. Obviously, we'll always love the Lord more than she loves Ben. Yeah. And we'll follow the Lord wherever. Um, and, yeah. you know, that would always take first place. Yeah. Um, and I think where you start to slip is where you put 
your spouse and then God. And it's like, well, the spouse wants to do this, but I think God's telling me to do this. So we'll do what God says if that works out with what the spouse says, you know. Um, So obviously that's first place. And then from then on, man, I I mean, it's pretty much like a open slate. Short, tall, he likes them all. There is is nothing really... uh, Keeping Man, that. I'm gonna let you off the hook with that yeah, one. I would should. press you, please, maybe off my cool. We'll press you, but uh, um, but for the second one, uh, yeah. What and what you should be thinking? Because if you think I'm the only one oh, that's yeah, gonna yeah. answer that's these, no problem. Yeah, I got a long list. That's yeah, no worries. Hampton is the most specific. Yeah, I got um, a checklist. <laughs> uh, as far as like what I would encourage um, young ladies to be looking for, yeah. um, I think. A, what I just said, a man that will always love God before you. Yeah. Um, and a guy that will lead like Christ has led us and will love like Christ has loved us. That's good. Um, and I I even look at friends of mine that yeah. are married or engaged and stuff like that. It is very much a, it is not you versus I. Yeah. But it is us against the problem. Yeah. And my family, we've always had this saying, like, we are the kingdom of Wolverton. Like, we are the Wolvertons (laughs) and we stick together, you know? It's like, it is never a you-me situation, but it is always an us against whatever is coming. Yeah, Um, that's awesome. And I think that's a really huge thing. And just freaking out fun, too, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) How did that happen? Just, we're not even gonna cut this out. That was amazing. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I won't explain that. There's a bathroom in this room and the toilet just flushed. That's kind of creepy. The toilet was giving me an amen. That just you shocked know? me. Um, All right, Hampton. What am I looking what for? What are you woman? looking for? Um, in beautiful man, young I lady. echo you in saying, uh, I'll, I'll take it a couple steps further. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. But I, I would echo you in first saying, like, if she loves me more than she loves Jesus, she's gonna live the most disappointing life. Yeah. Because I, I will not be able to provide any of the things she's looking for if she loves me the most. I'll confirm that. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um, and that's just like the reality. Like yeah. I know I know me and I know my human nature well enough to, to know. Yeah. Um, and, I, and vice versa, right? If I love right. her more than I love Jesus, then I'm going to live a disappointing Correct. life. And so, um, But also I would say like just on a me level, like be fun, right? Like yeah. don't be a stick in the mud. But also like – be passionate. I I am outgoing to a fault. I'm extroverted to a fault. Yeah. I am obnoxious and and I like to win the arguments. Like I I think for me there need to be a certain amount of um humble uh humble what's the word? Fortitude, I guess I'm looking for. Yeah. Like she's gotta be strong. Yes. <laughs> and like humbly strong. She is. Because um I'm gonna need a lot of Love, grace, mercy, patience. Um, And I'm sure she will too. And Lord willing, I can provide that. But um, really, she's got to be able to say, hey, not cool what you just did or said, but also be patient enough to know um, how to handle that. But I would also say this, like, and I think we miss miss part of the conversation if we miss this, but she's got to know the way that I'm supposed to lead. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've got to know the way that she is supposed to fulfill the role that only she can fulfill, which is yeah. as mother and wife, yeah. and helper and help. Like the that's that's that Genesis mm-hmm. moment, um, and that's not a secondary role. That's a that's an equal role, but it's yeah. a different role. And so, um, in the same way that she, I, I pray that I'll be willing to fulfill the role as mm-hmm. the leader and as provider and protector. I 
I need someone who fulfills the role as helper and and um, gracious one. Like, yeah. if I'm the most gracious one in the family, it's just not going to work out, right? So, um, yeah, that, by God's grace, I guess that's what I'm looking for. Um, but also, if I'm single for the rest of my life, like Paul says, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that would suck. But it's it, tough. Yeah. <laughs> but it's there's tough. people that do that, and, yeah. and man, that's awesome. So, yeah. and I think what it all boils down to is be the person that God made you to be, and be true to His plan for your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think for men who are single, right? Who are being, uh, you can't lead a family if you're not first leading yourself in singleness, yeah. and then second. Leading in the church, like yes, where are the single twenty whatever year olds, thirty whatever year olds, who are leading in the church? Like, you're telling me a woman is supposed to meet you, fall in love with you, and expect you yeah. to lead her family, but you can't lead another young believer in study yeah. of the scripture yeah. or yeah. in holiness. Like you, mm-hmm. if you've never led before, and the first leadership role you have as a husband, I, I'm not married, but I can't this see does that. Not look good. Uh, yeah. I'm like you. A lot of my friends are, are married and they're not having children. And yeah. that, like, watching them, the thing that I know about them, my friends Brett, Billy, like those, uh, Frank, those great, great men in my life, yeah. the listeners may not know who they are, but friends of mine, they were great leaders long before they yes. became husbands and yeah. long before they became fathers. Like, uh, I knew uh, Billy at the beginning of his marriage and he was a great man, like, already. He was yeah. a leader before that. I've heard his story. Brett was. A guy I met freshman year of college, he was already crushing the mm-hmm. the male role before he became yeah. a husband. And so I think that is something that I'm learning every day of like, if I'm not leading now, I can't lead then. And so and that's where we go back to what we said earlier, which is yeah, if you think you're just gonna magically change right. having done nothing, then good luck. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, let's crank into these headlines really quick. Uh Ben, man, thanks for talking about singleness. I'm really oh, glad. Yeah. Um, man, this one, I'm not going to lie. This one caused me to stumble, this first one. <laughs> 1.5 billion Mega Millions jackpot winner claims ticket in South Carolina. Dude, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I thought they were just going to do like a free-for-all type deal. Like we all get a distributed amount of wealth. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I wish. Yeah, so sad. Like $4. Maybe. I would. I'll take four dollars. Honestly, it's Dude, that's better a than gallon the, of gas. Yeah, yeah. Come no, on, man, let me talk about it's it. It's hard um, out here, <laughs> man. Well, the reality is, and I'll say it: this guy's whoever this is is probably gonna be broke. Is it you? Uh, yeah. If it was me, what am I gonna tell listeners? I don't think so. I'm not telling anybody. Just, You'll never see me wink again. If it is, yeah. Wink if it is, they oh, can't yeah, see. All right, all right. No, <laughs> no. One point five. Uh, ben, what would you do with one point five billion dollars? What would you do? Probably buy some stuff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> Probably one point five billion. Probably buy everything. I don't even know. Island. Like what? Like what does that look like? Cost? How many zeros are behind a billion? Is it a, a million? Million? We're not buying dogs. Uh, okay, for real. Yeah, I'd buy a, a house on a river so I could fly fish. Wow, you like fly fishing? Oh yeah. Bro. Where, can you teach me? Yeah, let's go. Wow. Come on. Let's do it. More right. and more. Am I, I right? Yeah, Learning more, more and than more. Than, uh, I would buy a house on a river so I could go fly fishing. Um, one of my low-key dreams is to own a vineyard one day. Wow. So I would do that. <laughs> wow. Um, You're trying to make this money. Reinvest, baby. And then, yeah. And then from then on, you know, treat the family at Christmas and then put it all away for my great-grandkids, you know? Wow. That is horrible. I'm buying 
everything. I'm one of those guys that goes broke in like five minutes. <laughs> you would be that like, guy. Give I'm me a check for 1.5 billion, and I will owe money within three days. I'm owing somebody money. That's my. Oh, does Hampton have another new car? Yeah, he does. You'll never see me again. I'll, if, oh you'll know if gosh. I win the lottery because I'll disappear. Don't think I'm you'll kidnapped. Just be gone. I won the lottery and I ran far away. You'll never see me again. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the next one. This one was actually kind of amazing. Uh, Taco Bell rewards Oregon man who survived on Taco Bell fire sauce in wilderness. So this Dude, guy, listen, our, stranded I in snow, knew. right? And he survived on fire sauce. I knew fire sauce was the best of sauces. Wow, blessed be his name. But this just <laughs> confirms, you know, yeah. like. How many calories Lord have help to be him. in that sauce? Lord help him if he grabbed the Verde. Like, he would have never yeah, made geez. it. Caleb, can you fact check how many calories are in fire sauce, please? Because, uh, honestly, I'm, was it the sauce that got him through, or was it the inspirational messages the on the food? The zero calories. Zero calories. How did he survive on that? There's and no, how much sauce did this man have in his car? We got to talk about this. Okay. This man was go. going to – look, if you survive in snow for days – on just sauce from a fast food restaurant, yeah. you eat too Because you know how I, I get it. A little in the baggie, a little in the purse. You put, throw some 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 sauce packets <laughs> sauce. into your into your center console. But if you if you survive on just if you have that much sauce in okay, your car, I always oversauce. I oversauce everything. I get too much that I think much? He's I'll need three or four packets a day. No. no, that's a month's worth of sauce buildup for how, sure. How much? Listen, we've been there. How much there. is he eating per day of sauce? Just a few, a few taco sauce packets he had in his view. A few. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this man was probably hiding Cliff Bar somewhere. Uh, yeah. I think uh, this. Uh, my snout is out. This sounds. This, this smells a little this, fishy to me. Some okay. might say a little spicy. Yeah. Oh, geez. So uh, I don't know what Taco Bell's doing in Oregon. I don't know what this man's doing to have hundreds of Taco Bell sauces in his car. But uh, but we're glad you made it out. Yeah, we're glad you. Yeah, it's like five kudos to you. For, yeah, and you're only there for five days. Grow up. Yeah. Oh my, that's a work week. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think he gets paid like paid time off for that? Uh, if you're stra- if like if I'm if I'm stranded in the snow, you think Shandon's giving me that? You don't don't answer. Uh, they probably would. They would, they would, they would, they would. Let's move on to the next one. This podcast is unraveling very quickly. Uh, HIV reported cured in a second patient, a milestone in the global AIDS epidemic. This is kind of huge. That's amazing. (sighs) Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. What do you think? I think, A, that's unreal. Yeah. B, why did I not hear about the first guy? So it's like 15 years ago. Oh, wow. It's 15 years ago, first guy? Was it stem cells, Caleb, that they, Uh, is that what I read? Okay, so awesome. I think I think it was like stem cells. I think cells. it was stem cells, and I have my own thoughts on that. Obviously, go ahead. Well, I think you know, obviously, some procedures of how to get stem cells promote abortion and stuff like that. Yeah, not, not cool. Great, evil to get good. Not yeah. Um, not good. So I think yeah. if there's a way to figure out how to replicate that without doing that, that's yeah. a win. Um, otherwise, you're taking lives to save lives. And yeah, it's kind of a net loss. Um, I don't know anything about stem cells. Like I've tried to understand it, and it seems to be. Like, it's like that hidden knowledge through, yeah, that's it's like, like, oh, it's stem cells, and you're like, well, what does that mean? And it's like gluten. like, well, like, no yeah, knows gluten. <laughs> what that is. Uh, stem cells. Gluten is like, in everything. Yeah. Like, what is gluten? Yeah. No one knows. This has ever has anybody seen a gluten in the wild? No. I don't think so. <laughs> no stem cells. I'm like. My problem is I'll start reading about it and I'll think I understand, and then I'll go down like this rabbit hole of like cloned. Yeah. Baby yeah, somewhere, and you're like, oh man, I'm yeah. I'm too deep. And yeah. so, 
That's but, amazing, uh, though. Yeah. Where, where, do we know where this in, was? In the UK. In the UK? That's amazing. British so, people. It was right. Harry Potter. Probably. <laughs> I think, I think uh, yeah, like you said, if stem cells are being gotten with uh, evil means, yeah. never good. Never. You can't justify a no. good outcome with evil means. But if there's a way to do this, then yeah. that's going to save more lives yeah. and not end. I agree. The lives of the unborn, then that's awesome. Hot take. I think we're going to see probably, this is so prediction, but AIDS <laughs> and maybe cancer cured in our lifetimes. I was just reading too where some Israeli scientists. I, think I saw that. Yeah. They yeah. have like the cure to cancer, not a cancer, but like cancer. cancer. And like they it's have wild. legitimate claims. Like they're doing it on rats and it's 10 out of 10. Like, I mean, yeah. I think. It'd be really cool if the world looked a little different whenever we're a little older. Yeah, I think any step we can take to seeing the world look more like heaven, then we're Amen. just taking a step away. No diseases, no no violence. So, yeah. um, well, Ben, this has been excellent. I'm glad. Uh, hopefully the audio checks out. Uh, what do you recommend? Let's do our recommendations, um, oh, and we'll let you plug, yes. plug yourself here in a minute, which I know you love. But what are some... Uh, Things you can recommend to our audience as always. Music wise, I know y'all been on this album for like a week because it just won a bunch of stuff. But Casey Musgraves' album, Golden Hour. That's not where I thought you were gonna go. <laughs> Casey Musgraves. That's amazing. Out, I've been on this album. It is the best album of the year for me. Really? Yes. Wow. It is amazing. You like country music? No. Is it? Oh, so is it give off a country not. vibe? It is like singer songwriter. With a little hint of country, mm, but it is just that's like, what I like beautiful. That's what I'm looking for in a that, woman. Yes, <laughs> singer songwriter <laughs> with a hint of country. Amen. Bring it. All right. Um, so Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Josh Baldwin. Yeah, he's amazing. I'm a big fan of um, his stuff, and just yeah. I think he 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 writes very similarly in terms of like from perspectives, which yeah. is really really cool. Um, Ooh, Chef's Table just came out with some new, <laughs> some new sods. You would like uh, sods. It is the most. You would like Chef's Table, bro. Okay, it's the mm-hmm. most like sensory show that exists. Yeah. The it, a, it's about <laughs> food. B, it's shot cinematography wise unbelievably. The music is like this classical, passionate orchestra. Yeah. Like it is just this hour of just awe-dropping amazingness. Like, you have to oh, love man. it. All right. Have I'll have to, to check it. out Chef's Table. Yeah. I promise. I'll and, like, that. New Girl. You know, New that's girl. the, yeah, that's the palate cleanser. Everybody loves New Girl. Well, man, where can uh, people find your music and where can people find you on social media? Um, uh, on the socials at BT Wolf. BT Wolf. Your whole family has W-O-L-V. the matching. That family branding Brands. runs deep. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, you can look me up, Ben Wolverton, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, I can't say this enough. You've got to check out Ben's music. It yeah. is excellent. I'm not saying that because he's one of my homies. I'm not saying that because it's Christian. I'm saying it because it's really excellent. So That's very go sweet. find Ben Wolverton on Apple Music, on Spotify. As always, uh, subscribe to the More and More Podcast on Apple Podcasts, right, Caleb? Um, and uh, leave us a five-star review. If you're going to leave anything below five stars, just don't. Just don't. Yeah, yeah. It's not, we don't believe you. Save it until we've earned a five. Yeah, save it until <laughs> we've officially earned a five. Um, and uh, follow me at Hampton Harmon. I am heading to Africa in about five minutes. Yes. And so um, I will see you again in a couple weeks. But as always, this is more and more podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Ben, we love you. Much love, everybody. <laughs>